0: morning all today's message is from malachi chapter 3 beginning of verse 6 robbing god i the lord do not change so you O descendants of jacob are not destroyed ever since the time of your forefathers you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be for God.
1: Thanks, Pat. Scary, huh? Scary verse. I'm not going to major on that today, but it, it's, an important, um, it's an important part of the story. So why are we talking about giving today? Um, well, some of you, 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 if you were at the membership meeting uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about how our, our, our uh, income has dropped by just under 20% um, over the last about six months. Now, you know, we as leaders don't know what you give. Um, You know, we know the total figure sort of thing, but we don't know who or what or or any of that. Um, And and please don't feel this, uh, you know, as a pressure. But the reality is we can't do what we do. We can't run this beautiful building. We can't pay for staff without some giving. So um, we felt as leaders that this was perhaps an opportunity to, to just talk about that you know God sets giving as a principle apart from going to church praying or even living a righteous life and it starts you know he talks about giving right from Genesis and right through to Revelation and I'm going to pick up on some of those verses as I go through today. Genesis 8, verse 22 in the NIV NIV says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Interesting. The first thing is seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. And you know, we love... Giving and receiving, it's a principle that's that's in us, I think. You know, you've only got to think about Christmas, but also think about somebody giving you a present that perhaps you weren't ready for, you didn't know was going to happen. What does it do inside? It feels fab, doesn't it? Yeah? There's one or two people going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." (laughs) Does it feel fab or is it just rubbish? You know, are you one of these people who don't give me a present? I know, I don't appreciate it. Are are you one of those people? No? No, one or two, maybe. Um, and I can be a bit like that, to be totally honest sometimes. Tori's nodding. Please don't. <laughs> um, but, you know, I believe it's a really powerful dynamic. You know, think about Christmas and what we do around Christmas. And, and OK, I, you know, I believe it's kind of gone completely over the top. But there's a principle underneath it of that giving and receiving. It's, it feels just as good, doesn't it, to the things that you've bought for your kids, perhaps especially, and you watch them open their presents... And that, uh, that just touches your heart, doesn't it not? Yeah? Great, we're getting some feedback now. Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, this is a, this is a principle that, that goes right through the Bible. And as I've thought about this over the week, you know, we can look at the Old Testament and, you know, we'll go and have a look at Malachi in a minute or two. Um, I got thinking about, you know, Jesus and the parables and, and how he talks about sowing and reaping. And 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 the, and, the, and the, the you know the outcome is a tenfold increase or a hundredfold increase, uh, and he talks about the talents where the guys, you know, they, they, they're given a little bit of money and they go away. And what do they do? The the, the master gives a little bit of money to, to to his his workers and he goes away. And, and he talks about how um, you know the one who hides it is is uh, uh, is actually while well he, you know, he gives the master the money that he gave he didn't lose any you know, in, in some ways he could think well he did a good thing but actually he, he's not the one who he's seen as being good the one who went out and used it and, and, and turned it into more money is the one who's seen it and I think again you, know, you see a principle there of stewarding God's money you know we're not talking about the money for the master here we're now taking that into the spiritual and saying no that, that, that when we're stewarding that money that we're given. And of course, as we give salvation, as we give our lives to God and we are saved. Then we say, God, everything that I have is yours. My whole life is yours. And so we've got to come from that position that everything we have is because God has given it to us. And actually, when we give back, it's, it's only a small amount, actually, up to... Up to the up to what he's given us, it, it, yeah, it's just a small thing. We are just stewards for a short time of the money and the and the benefit and the resources and what have you that he's given us, because then we go to eternity and we're with him, and that actually is the most important bit. So we're just stewards of it. You know, a man died and he went to heaven. He was met at the pearly gates by St Peter who led him down the golden streets past the mansions and stuff you you heard about these in the Bible you know it says there are mansions in in heaven Um, until they came to the end of the street and they stopped in front of a run down cabin and the man asked St. Peter why he got a scruffy old hut when he's gone past all these mansions you know there's so many mansions he could have lived in and Peter replied I did the best with the money you gave me Sorry. You know, we worship God, as, as Martin said, by our giving. We worship him in all the things we do, I hope. And we talked about worship quite a lot recently, um, but we've not talked about it in giving. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 12, and I'm not even going to expand on it because it says it all. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all the things at all times... Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they are freely scattered, their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. That's from Psalm 112. We want our righteousness, don't we, to endure forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity, if the word would come out of my mouth, will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, But he's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I don't need to say any more. Shall we have coffee? (laughs) You know, I think we please God by our giving. Are you a people pleaser? Who do you want to please? Your spouse, your mother, father, sister, brother, best friends, neighbours, your pastor, your employer, anybody that you meet? Yeah? Truthfully, there's only one person that you ever need to be concerned about pleasing. Yeah? If he's happy, we're talking about God, of course. If he's happy and well-pleased, you'll find contentment in life. The scriptures offer us some basic guidelines about, how giving, how, what, about giving an offering that's well-pleasing. Paul, talking in Philippians 4.18, says, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. When we give, God is pleased. Whether you give big or small in your own eyes, the important thing to remember is to listen to that voice of God and then obey him. If God's not involved in your giving, it's not that pleasing to him. He won't accept it. The church or ministry might accept your offering, but God won't. There's a story... um, again, back in Genesis about Cain and Abel and how Cain's offering was not accepted by God. And we might ask, and actually it's not that clear, why? You know, why wasn't Cain's offering um, acceptable? Most of the commentators say it was not to do with the offering or to do with God, but rather it was the sin in Cain's life. The fact that he didn't give the best, and sometimes we talk about first fruits, um, but rather kept the best for himself and just gave what was left. Whereas Abel gave the best animal to God, and that was seen as being acceptable, and so he was blessed. So are we giving our best to God, or are we just paying lip service to this principle You know, our giving allows God to act on our, de- our, our behalf. Do you close or lock your windows at night? Shut your door and make sure it's locked twice? Of course you do. Why do we lock our houses and cars? If I were to ask perhaps a hundred people why, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone here would say, well, to keep the thieves out. Yeah? That's exactly what God's doing. He has the windows of heaven locked. To keep the thieves out. It needs to be a good and acceptable offering. So we come on to Malachi. And it talks about how are we robbing you. In tithes and offerings he says. God expects us. To be giving, and if and if we take Cain and Abel, he expects us to give our best, not the leftover bits. But let's move on, because that's kind of the hard bit, maybe. Or maybe I should mention what do I mean by tithe? Maybe you've not 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 been taught that before. well, actually, there's a lot about tithing. Uh, if, if, uh, a lot has been said about tithing and about what that means. I mean, generally, um, the, the stuff that I've come across, it talks about a 10% of our income as a tithe, given, given back to God. Some of the content uh, commentators would, would go much, much further than that and say, actually, by the time you've given your sacrifices, your offerings, your, it's actually up to about 30% of our income um, but for most churches like ours we would say we, we would probably say it's a good principle to start with to look at our income and say okay I want to give 10% back to God and I'd probably say that you know if everyone gave 10% of their income to God I don't think churches would ever be struggling for money I don't think I think, I think that would be the, the reality of the situation um, if we move on in Malachi to verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, there may be food in my house. I'm reading it all wrong. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it so if we don't give he can't open the floodgates of heaven to bless yeah that that's what that says um and really whether those floodgates are open or closed that's your choice yeah you know, going back to what I said earlier, uh, uh, the, 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 the bit in Corinthians, God loves a cheerful giver. Please do not take this as I, me telling you to give loads of money to the church. That's not how it works. It's totally about what you feel God, God's saying to you to give to the church. Yeah? What I'm trying to set is a principle of we do give. And we do that on a regular basis. And so the whole idea of the tithe thing is well, I can look at my income and I receive it weekly or I receive it monthly or whatever it is, and I give so much of that to the church on a regular basis. That's what that principle is all about. But it's not about beating you up over it. It's about, no, we want to we, we give, give God the glory. We want to give him back a little bit of what he's given us. Um, if it's coming from that law kind of you must perspective, God doesn't see that as acceptable. Does that make sense? You could argue that this is just Old Testament stuff. Didn't Jesus come to replace the Old Covenant? Yes, he did. And that's actually an important point. Jesus came to fulfil the law of the Old Testament, not to throw it out. Yeah? Jesus came to set the Jews and the Gentiles free. That's us. Yeah? He doesn't want your gifts if you resent doing that. He wants your gifts out of your love for him. He wants it out of gratefulness for what he's done for us all. Because he knows that when you're sowing, you will reap too. Yeah? Going back to the beginning. It's your choice. And that's what Jesus did. He brought grace and he gave us back our free will that was taken by the religious authorities of the time. And and those churches today that are law-focused rather than grace-focused. And I would commend our church that we're a grace-focused church. Yeah? So I have to bring this teaching, and it's a hard teaching, yes. But I'm never going to know what you give. That's between you and God. And none of the leaders here are going to know what you give. That's between you and God. Our giving thwarts the enemy's plans. I think it's fair to say that when our giving is is spirit-led, it really ticks off the devil. Yeah? I think so. He hates it when you sow because he knows you will reap. The enemy wants you to think that sowing is something that works for some people, but not for you. He wants you to believe that you will never, ever receive a harvest. The enemy knows that when you begin receiving that harvest, you understand the potential you have for blessing others. And he doesn't want that to happen. It's a battle. It's a battle for the mind and the heart. Please understand this is not prosperity gospel at all. The harvest that we reap is down to God. And for some, it can be financial. But for others, it's in relationship. It's in the things that just miraculously work out. It could be many things that we reap. But we reap it in the spiritual realm first. Yeah? Yeah? for Tori and I we can we, we see that the walk of faith that we've we've done has all started with I can see you're all getting a bit mm. the the walk of faith that we uh, uh, that we've walked all started with some extravagant giving I have mentioned it once before but I'm just going to remind it to you um, and some of you may you know probably weren't here at, at that time so we were in, a Bible, in, in, a, in, in an auditorium of, uh, in, at a Bible week. There was four or 5,000 people there. There was a call for giving for the work of the organization that we were a part of at the time. And, um, and actually, I think it was the... Tory had been to this Bible week several times, and it was the first time I'd gone, I think. And because um, I'd been a bit rebellious, I tend to be a bit that way anyway... Um, and, uh, and 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 I go no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And she'd gone a few times, and I'd been working, and, 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 and you know, as you know, I used the ex- use the excuse. Oh, I'm so busy at work, I can't get away. But it was an excuse. Uh, anyway, this time she got me there, and God got me there. And um, and, and, and they asked, for, you know, for people to give. And if you didn't, if you had no way of giving, you just wrote a promise on a piece of paper. Now we'd ended up in different parts of the auditor- auditorium. There's Four, five thousand people. I knew she was somewhere over there, and uh, and and as as they were praying, and as and as I just felt you know, a figure of five hundred pounds came into my head. I think it was, and um, and at that time, that was kind of that was a lot of money for us. That you know that was, yeah, that was a lot of money for us, um, and. Uh, and I thought, well, I need to talk to Tori about this. You know, If we're going to write a promise, we need to talk to each other. So we scrabbled across, found, found her eventually, and we talked about it. And, and she said the same. She said the figure of £500. Pounds. And I kind of sat there and went, but I think it's £500 pounds each. <laughs> Which is just outrageous. Not only was £500 pounds a lot of money, but, but £500 pounds each. And, I, and we went, OK, well, if this is God, we'll, go, we'll do that. And that, that was... Yeah, that was a serious amount of money. It actually was, you know, we didn't have that money. Um, but we'd be able to kind of save that up over the next few months. You know, it wouldn't be a, a disaster for us. So I'm not saying give what you don't have. But we what we found then, so um, that if we look back on that time, in actual fact, um, a, a couple of days later we came away from the Bible uh, week, we were kind of on a bit of a high. I was going back to work and wrote my car off on the way to work. And suddenly it was like, well, we don't, not only do we not have the thousand pounds, but we don't have enough money to buy a new car either. Um, but I, but, but we, we agreed, and I, I said, we made a promise to God, we've got to do this. And, and we gave that money, and Tory's mum gave us a car, and it was amazing, wasn't it? But and we look back. But what we do is we now we look back on that time and see, actually, we changed. And God has 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 touched us and led us and moved us, and we've been and we've seen God work in our lives, in like a hundredfold. If you get to go back to the Bible, a hundredfold from what it was before that time. And I just want to encourage you that, that actually. It's actually one of the things Satan fears most. And we don't talk about the devil much, do we? But actually, it's not a Christian, a Christian living a righteous life because that's not affecting him an awful lot. It's a believer who understands how to use money for the kingdom of God. yeah, And those who can pray. And, those who can, and all of those kind of things. But all of that comes in, all of what we do you know, comes into it. Money is an effective weapon in the hands of... Of the church and of and of Christians, it 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 means we can do more. One of the things we're looking at, and and why I wanted to bring this today, you know, we're looking at a a drop of twenty percent. And now, what that means is, while we as a church we're good stewards, we've got savings. This is not going to affect the church right now. It's going to take a year to use up our savings, if you like, because of that drop. So we're not worried. We know. That, that God will fulfil the gap, if you like. But we have aspirations. We want a new pastor in place, which obviously then our outgoings are going up. We'd love to see a youth pastor in place because we could see our church grow in that area of, of church. And we can't do those things if all we're doing is managing to pay the bills. And what this is all about is it is not... Um, it's not about just managing to pay the bills. It's about having an excess in order to bless, in order to be generous. You know, you know even, you know, we, we, we do our, our meals on a, a, um, that we'd be doing once a month. We're, we're not charging for those things. Why is that? Because we want to be a generous church. Yeah? We want to be able to bless those. Not, not only you, but those that come in. Yeah? Um, and we need... The resources to be able to do that. Do you want me to shut up now? <clears throat> Our giving creates moments of unlimited blessings. And I was going to talk here all about how Solomon was rewarded by God when he gave a huge offering of a thousand burnt offerings. And God then so he gave this. This, uh, if, if you read it, it's um, two Chronicles one six to twelve. Solomon, um, Solomon, for some reason that it doesn't make make sense uh, in that he's not called to do it for some reason. He just has within his spirit he wants to give this offering to God. And Solomon, being you know king and all of that, you know it's not just a dove or a, or a lamb or something. It's a thousand burnt offerings. That he, that, that he sacrifices before God on the altar back then. A lot of blood, yeah? Um, but it's just a huge, huge thing if you think about the, the the thousand burnt offerings. And then God asks him what he desires. So he's got God's attention. That sacrifice that, that, that he's made. Um, and God asked for wisdom, yes? We remember the story. You know, he, yes. did I say God then? I did, didn't I? Solomon asks for wisdom. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for, you know, he didn't ask to be wealthy. He didn't ask, um, you know, I don't know. We can ask for a thousand things, can't we? He just asked for wisdom. And, um, but God said, because you've asked for that, I will give you all these other things on top. That's, um, that's what comes in that story. But it, got me, it set me off thinking about the rewards we get in heaven. Because the Bible does talk about that. And I, can I just say at this point, this is not about works. It's not about your salvation. Uh, what I mean by that is, is that you are saved by grace alone if you've given your life to the Lord. What you do with the money does not affect whether you're going to heaven or not. It's not the giving so that God loves you. You're not trying to people please him. Yeah, You're not trying to do that at all. It doesn't make any difference to any of those things. It's about giving back to God some of what he's given you. It's about him saying, well done, good and faithful servant, when we get to heaven. It's about... On that judgment day that we will all go through, it'll be an awful lot better for us if we've walked the walk with him than always going, "Oh, I'll do it tomorrow, God," or "I'll do this tomorrow," or "I'll sort this out tomorrow." It's actually walking it out. Judgment day will go f- so much better for us, we're, but we're still judged. I, you know, I'm worried about that day because I know I get it wrong every day. Um, but I'm not worried because I know. I'm going to heaven, yeah? So there's a kind of tension in that, yeah? Luke 6.35 says, But love your enemies and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and your sons will be of the most high. In fact, the Bible talks about five crowns that we might receive in heaven. I've not got time to go into them. I'm just going to read them out, okay? But, but Google it. it. It's amazing. Uh, the imperishable crown. He talks about a crown that we might receive. That's in Corinthians nine twenty-four to 25. The crown of rejoicing. That's in 1 Thessalonians two nineteen. The crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy 4, 8. The crown of glory in 1 Peter 5, 4. And the crown of life in Revelation 2, 10. So we are going to receive rewards in heaven for what we do for him. And it's not about salvation. It's just about following God and just doing what he asks us to do. And part of that is in our giving. The Bible praises those who give generously. You know, God hasn't changed. That's who he is. When you give, God likes to brag about you, especially when your giving isn't convenient, like I talked about. Philippians four fourteen to 15 says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia... Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. We're still reading about that 2,000 years later, about that giving that that church did. We need to be a church that gives out in the same way as we give to the church and its work. The sacrifice of Abel is speaking today. Hebrews 4, Hebrews 11, you know that by faith bit. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 4 says by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did and by faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead do you remember the story in in Matthew sixteen ten, um, where where the, 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 the lady is weeping and kissing Jesus's feet, and she breaks the jar, the, alab- uh, the, the alabaster jar, and, and pours perfume over Jesus. And, there's, and it causes a nightmare, and, and everyone's complaining and going, why do you allow that to happen? That's, that's like a year's wages that you've just given. And Jesus says, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing to me. And I would say, you know, when you give, you're doing a beautiful thing to Jesus. The giving, giving of Cornelius, Cornelius the Centurion was recognized in heaven. Acts 10, verse 4. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he said. This is a Roman centurion, not a Jew, not someone who's been brought up with it. With with Ace. He says, What is it, Lord? he said, and the angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to God, before God. And the list goes on. There's so much more I could bring. Our giving of time, resource and money are all a part of our worship to him. I hope I've been able to show you that the giving should not be a burden, but rather a way of just giving out out of what we've been given ourselves. There are those here who struggle to give because they struggle to pay their bills every week. You know, God knows that. And I would say to you, just give a little and keep this principle in your life. Because God will bless that, just as Jesus commends the widow. You know, remember the story... The widow who just puts a few pennies in, in, into the offering, he commends the widow. We all have seasons in life where money's tight and when money's not so tight. When it's tight, I would say, keep to the principle to give a bit. And when it's not so tight, we can give more generously, can't we? But when you're only just managing to pay your bills, what more can you do? Don't feel any guilt for that. I want to finish with a testimony of some friends of ours. God took them on a faith journey. They felt them calling them to set up a business and so gave up the good job, great job, I'm envious of that job, that, that, uh, that my friend had. In that time, they had, because they'd given up the good job, they had no income. But what they did was they decided to tithe 10% of what it cost them to live because they felt this was an important principle. I felt they were mad. And they said, we feel God's asked us to do it. And that is the principle there. That that's where it has to be, if God has spoken to you. And sadly, the business didn't do that well. And a few years later, they had to give, up, give that up. The journey continued. And they felt called overseas in, into work in a very poor area. They did that and helped plant a church there. They're now back in the UK and working. But their outlook on life has changed dramatically. They look back on that time, much as we do, about that Bible week. That while none of it seemed to work out, the blessings come later. And they thank God for his prompting and his guiding to give in such an outrageous way in order to follow him. We talked about the harvest at the beginning. It's not about money and possessions as the prosperity gospel's teachers, gospel preachers tell us. It's in our spiritual life. It's in our contentment with life. I find it's always a privilege to see God do things through what we do for him. And giving is a part of that. Going back to that last line in Malachi... The reading that Pat did for us. It says, "Test him in this." It's one of the few things that Jesus, uh, that, 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 that in the Bible, it says to test God. Yeah. Give it a go. Have an adventure. Be outrageous. Because God will honour that. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you that you blessed us by birthing us into a country where there is so much plenty. And when we think about the money we give, we just want to bless you back, Lord. We thank you for being able for having roofs over our house over our heads and food in the cupboard and all those things that many people don't have across the world. And Lord, the small thing that we give back to you. We just say we give it because we love you, we worship you, and would you use it for your glory? Would you build your church and make your bride the most beautiful bride? when we come to be with you. Amen.